Good morning, church. Today's reading is Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Shatin Church. It's a privilege to be with you today. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Harold Diana. And uh, I just, before, before I get on with the message, I just want to put another shout out for African Enterprise. Um, there's one thing missing. We can also go with them. And uh, we should be praying about, Lord, is there a, an opportunity for me to go and uh, be part of what they're doing at some point? And then invite Africans to come to Asia, amen, to do the mission of God from everywhere to everywhere. So anyways, that's my shout out, <laughs> um, the, the heart of a missionary. So today we are starting uh, our summer messages in the book of uh, in the Psalms. And uh, I have the privilege of uh, start off with uh, Psalm 126. So, Lord, we ask you to speak to us this morning, Lord. Open the word to us. Help us to understand better what you have to say, Lord. And speak to us individually and as a church, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Psalm 126 is uh, part of the Psalms that is called the Psalms of Ascent. So, you know, going up, ascending. And um, growing up, um, one of my happiest places on earth, which is going to show up right here on the slide, is this place. It was the bus station in Sao Paulo. So this picture is probably around the early 80s, I would say. And it was the happiest place for me because... It encapsulated me traveling with my, my parents. It, uh, it was visiting family. And I just like going. And I, I like to be mobile. So being at this bus station in Sao Paulo City was a happy place. Before we went on any trip, our family, my dad would gather us in their living room. And we would have a time of prayer, blessing our trip to, that was about to take place. But also, it was very common for my dad to read one of the Psalms of Ascent. Um, the Psalms of Ascent was, you know, this idea we're, we're ascending to something great. Um, and the Psalms of Ascent are mainly or primarily or completely about the, the joy that comes from God's greatness. Um, being, uh, if you've been to Israel and if you've been to the uh, Wailing Wall... There is this, this sense that you're, you're closer to God, even though, of course, we know that uh, in Christ 
We don't need to go there. But there is still this sense that you're, you're the closest to where it used to be the presence of God in the days of the temple. And that's the idea because Zion, Jerusalem, is in the top of a mountain. It's really high up. So to go there, you have to ascend. And as the people are going up to Jerusalem, as they're going to the house of the Lord, they are recalling in their memories God's faithfulness. It's like the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. It's recalling God's faithful acts toward His children. So the words of the the hymn, for example, say, All I have needed, Thy hand hath provided. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. And that's the idea of the Psalms of Ascent. Next slide. Um, Psalm 126, it's like a Hong Kong egg sandwich. So you have the past. In the middle, you have worship. And then you have the future. Now, the past is this idea of a memory, remembering, recalling. Worship is... It's the constant reality of the present. Presently, we are called to worship. We are called to have the songs of joy in our mouth. And then that gives us then this hope and anticipation for the future. So, the past. um, The past then is remembering, the next slide, remembering God's faithfulness in our past but also anticipating God's continuous faithfulness for the future. So we see in Psalm 126, we remember in verse 1, when the Lord restored our fortunes. It's it's this memory that we were in exile, we were in captivity, and the Lord restored us. But then it has this future, this future anticipation, restore our fortunes. And you see, it has happened in the past. Now let's anticipate it will happen again. And then we have, again, the remembering of we soul with fear or with tears. There is, there is pain in what we're sowing. But then we are going to reap with songs of joy. And we go out weeping. We go out with pain. But we return with songs of joy. Before I moved to Hong Kong uh, about 15 years ago, I have to confess, I was a very negative person. Uh, I hope that you don't think I'm negative anymore. <laughs> but I was a pretty negative person. And uh, now what I said about myself was, I'm just a, a real realist. I never said that I was cynical or pessimist or negative. I was just realist. I'm very real about the situation. And I can tell you that becoming less negative has really made an impact and it has affected positively the last 15 years of my life. It's made it a lot easier as well. Being a negative person will certainly affect our expectations of the future. If you're a negative person, you will have the effects of that on what is coming up. Now, it's, it's not the same as the Buddhist idea of positive thinking or, or positive manifestation. If you think something positively will happen, then it will happen. That's not 
what the Bible says that is not what Psalm 126 is proposing. Because this positive anticipation comes from two things. Number one is having godly perspective. And number two is seeing God in our own story. So God's perspective is this overarching how God is seeing things as they are developing. But then there's also the personal, in my life, how is God working in my life? And as I said, in the middle of that sandwich, then, there's the middle part there, and that is the present. The next slide. The present is about worship, a constant reality that links the, the, the past with the future. We're always living in the present. We might be worried about the future. We might be longing for the past, but we are always living in the present. And what the Psalms of Ascent helps us to see is that in the present, it calls us to sing songs of joy. It calls us to have this attitude about how God is working. Give glory to God for all His amazing deeds. That's the idea in the songs of joy. And we see that in verses 2, 5, and 6. Joy in being free from slavery and being close to the presence of God. Then it was said, in verse 2 it says, Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has taken them out of exile. The Lord has taken them out of the slavery. The nations are saying this. So, question, the next slide is, why did the nations attribute their restoration to being the Lord's work? In the next slide, I'll give you the answer. The answer is, because the laughter and joy and the songs of joy were accredited to or associated with the Lord's work not the work of their own hands. When they were going up to Jerusalem, they were not saying, yes, we fought mightily and we got out of exile. They weren't saying, oh yes, by the work of our own hands, we freed ourselves. Because I studied really hard, I got an A. Because I worked really hard, now I have a master's degree. Because I put everything into it, now I have mastered a new uh, musical instrument. It was not about what they did. It was about what God did. And the only way that the nations could have known that is if they heard the people of Israel saying that. So for us Christians... The only way our co-workers are going to know the work of God in our lives, the only way that uh, our family, our unsaved family members are going to know of the God's work in our lives is if we declare, it's not my work. It's God's work in my life. It is God's presence in my life that has allowed me to do this or has allowed this situation to go in a certain way. If this, uh, there is a great evil in self-reliance. There is a great evil in self-reliance. God helps those who help themselves. Have you heard that before? I've heard that many times. Um, there's even, you know, the hymn of the self-reliant. I did it my way. 
Frank Sinatra, he made the song that basically frames self-reliance and exalts self-reliance. I did it my way. And, uh, you know, work hard and trust only in yourself. Those are the mantras. Those are the cultural things that, or sometimes it's even our family, that tells us you just have to work really hard and then you're going to reap the benefits of that. I'm not saying don't work hard. But in working hard, in doing the right thing, bring the Lord in is what the psalm is saying. It's the Lord's work that blesses our own work. If God doesn't seem present in our songs as we're coming to church, as we're starting the new day, as we're going to work, if the songs that we're singing as we're going to those places do not signify that God is working in our lives, then we have to ask, Lord, help me to see your presence in my life. Lord, help me to see your works in my life today. And that's how we then will face the future. The next slide. Because the future is about this hope and this anticipation. Hope for an assured eternal victory. Psalm 126 ends with an echo of Psalm 30, verse 5, that says, Weeping may last for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. The next slide. The Apostle Paul, he grabbed hold of what the psalmist was saying in Psalm 126. And he said, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, don't think that Apostle Paul would lightly talk about suffering. Uh, not to invalidate anybody's suffering, but his suffering was pretty extreme. His suffering was quite extreme, both in the flesh, in the spirit, in, the, in his emotions, his mental health. And he is saying, that is momentary. That is momentary. How can Paul say that that is momentary? A guy that's gone through shipwreck, a guy that has been flogged, a guy that has been thrown in prison. In most of his years, uh, his late years, the years we're all looking for retirement at some point, right? Well, Paul's retirement was in prison. And he's saying, you know, that's momentary. There's only one way that he can say that. He has the perspective that the same God who saved him, the same God that gave him the joy of salvation presently in his life is working so that his future is secure. The next slide. That tells us that we need measuring the past, the present, and the future with an eternal yardstick. We need to see what has happened, what has happened, what is happening, and what might happen in our lives in this world with an eternal perspective, 
Remember I said God's having God's perspective? That is this perspective. The perspective that our future is completely secured. And there is momentary suffering. Of course, of course, there is. As Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble. That's the sowing in tears. Remember in the psalm it says we will sow with tears. But take heart, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. That means that also there will be reaping with joy. There will be reaping with joy. So how does the exile of Israel compare to our lives? Most people believe they can save themselves. Like I say, most people think that they can work hard and everything will work out in the end. And that will be enough joy. On the other hand, Christians, we look to God for our salvation. And as the Psalms highlighted, it was the Lord who restored the fortunes of Zion. The Lord has done great things. Now, every human being is born in spiritual slavery, and we are in exile. We are away from God at the moment that we're born. And unless you have prayed and said, Lord, I surrender my life to you, be the Lord of my life, that exile still exists, and that slavery to sin still exists. And so, to have our fortune restored is to return to our living God. And this is not a prosperity message. It's, it's really a salvation message. And it comes together with John 16.33. You will have trouble. Come to the Lord and make Him the Lord of your life. Say that He's the Lord of your life. You will have trouble. But take heart because the world has been overcome. And in Psalms 126, it ends with, Those who sow in tears will reap with the songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. So God is calling all of us, all of us, to have our fortune restored. And if you haven't had this privilege yet, I ask you to consider in your heart if this is the time to make that decision. And for all of us who have already made this decision, let's make a commitment right now. Lord, I will ascend to you with songs of joy, remembering all the goodness that you have done and anticipating all the goodness that is to come. And let's pray. Father, we thank you that uh, your word is true forever, Lord. There is nothing in your word that uh, can be um, put aside, Lord, And these truths about our future, Lord, these truths about our eternity, Lord, are secure. We rely on your character, Lord, who has never faltered once, Lord, to know that this promise is true today. And so I pray, Lord, would you help us as your people to have our whole being restored, Lord, and to have our present, Lord, filled with songs of joy, filled with songs of joy, Lord. 
Would you help us, Lord, to not live in a world that is negative, a world that's always saying it's bad, it's horrible, it's just doomed. But help us, Lord, to have the perspective that tomorrow the Lord is coming. Tomorrow salvation is here and eternity is just one step away. And help us, Lord, to have these songs of joy for ourselves and for those around us. And may they all know that it is not the work of our hands, but the work of your hands.